So the big question is this, how are real estate investors who don't have a ton of free time, don't have access to off-market deals, and didn't start life on third base? How do we grow a real estate business conservatively to support our families, finally leave the corporate rat race, and build a legacy? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Ed Matthews, and this is Real Estate Underground. This is the Real Estate Underground podcast show number 36. Hey, everybody, Ed Matthews here with the Real Estate Underground podcast. I am so excited. I have been waiting for this opportunity for the better part of now three weeks. Today, we have Zachary Booth on, and he and I were just talking offline about how much of this business is truly the marketing business. And if you've seen me speak, you know that the first question I ask is, what business am I actually in, right? And the answer is marketing. And so, Zach, welcome to the show. I'm grateful for your time today, and it's really good to see you, man. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate it. Awesome. To be here. Awesome. awesome. So, like I admitted, I've been stalking you on Facebook for quite some time now, but for those of us out here in the audience who don't know who you are, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah. So, my name is Zach Booth. I am the host of the Driving for Dollars Mastery podcast. I have a YouTube channel. I have TikTok. I have Instagram. And I help people get started in real estate wholesaling and get started in that. That's what I live for. That's what I love. But my core business is wholesaling. I do what I teach. I teach what I do. And I accidentally became a coach. I never had any intention of doing so, but I fell in love with it. It's my passion. It fulfills me. My money's real estate, right? That's where I got my financial freedom. It's where I'm continuing to build my wealth. But that's a little bit of me. You know, it's not what I've always done, but that's what I'm doing professionally right now. Yeah. So just watching you on Facebook, you're obviously a really smart guy. You probably could have done anything with those brains. So what drew you to real estate? It's funny you say have brains because I used to not think so. I think I'm a little smarter than I used to think, but I still don't think I'm super, super right. <laughs> um, I grew up, you know, my grandfather had one tooth and a gun to his name when he died. You know, I don't come from intelligent, wealthy, educated people. I don't. Right. Right. right? It's, the, it's not my background. Right. I grew up mowing lawns after work, after school. You know, my dad had a full-time job and then we had a family business mowing lawns. So from the time I was 11 till a teenager, when I went off on my own and started doing framing and finished carpentry and working for other people, doing other things to ultimately started my first business at 17, I always told myself I was dumb. So I really needed to hustle. <laughs> and it was a limiting belief that I actually had to overcome to get yeah. into real estate. Tony Robbins actually helped me with that. Good. So I had started a window cleaning business when I was 17. I was sick of working for other people. The biggest reason is my dad actually cut me off financially at 16. He said, you're a man now. So yeah, I'll pay for your housing and your food. And I'll give you $200 a year for clothing. The rest is on you. He wouldn't even co-sign a loan to get a truck. Wow. He's like, if you want a truck, you'll get the cash like I did. Talk you know? about burning the boats. Holy cow. Oh, my dad. Is you survived. Oh, yeah. And like you ask him now, like you look at him now, he's like this big puppy, you know, he's so soft. Right. And right. my youngest brother got a truck and just spoiled, you know, I was like, man, right. like what happened to you? You soften, I guess, with age, but it was hard. And I remember kind of resenting my dad. Now it's, I'm so grateful for it because it pushed me to challenge myself. It pushed me to become resourceful, yep. even though I didn't know the answers. And so at 17, I started a window cleaning business and I actually ran that for a decade. And it was really good. You know, when I was 17, I remember I had like 10 G's in the bank and I had two trucks and I had employees. I was writing my own work release hours my senior year, my 18th birthday. 
yeah, my 18th birthday, what I wanted to do for my birthday was go get my business license because my dad wouldn't sign the paper. He didn't want the liability. And I couldn't get an LLC. I couldn't get workman's comp. I couldn't get insured and bonded to get the large contracts for the banks and the dealerships and the route work to help me through the winter. So I still had to have winter jobs, yep. right? I made handcrafted cheese and taxidermy and all sorts of crappy jobs in the winter wow. while I was trying to scale this business. So I did that for like a decade and it was awesome when I was younger, but then I had a family and then all of a sudden the money wasn't enough. Right. And that yeah. was the big thing, right? Is, kids are hungry. Yeah, dude. I, my little boy was born. I couldn't pay the bills. I was like, I don't know what to do. And I remember hating myself yeah. because I wasn't living up to my own expectations. And then I was mad at myself that I was mad about money on the day that my son was born that I couldn't be present emotionally and mentally for my family. And I just, I was in a bad spot emotionally. And so what had happened is I had read Rich Dad Poor Dad when I was 14 years old, back when I was mowing lawns. Uh, and the reason I read it is I asked my dad, like, why are these other people rich and we're mowing their lawns? Why are we not rich and some other kids mowing our lawn? And he's like, oh, I'll talk to my rich friend who happened to be in real estate. And okay. he gave me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So it was kind of my Rich Dad, Poor Dad story. And I read that book and it opened my mind. And so in my very early 20s, I'm running this window cleaning business and I know I need to get real estate. So I buy a duplex, live in one side, rent the other. My monthly payment was like 450 bucks, right? This is when foreclosures were being released in 2012. I had standing water in the basement. It was a mess, but because of my construction background as a kid, earn and learn as right. my uncle told me. So I had all this construction experience. I did all the work myself and I could rent the one side for about 750 bucks a month. And I only put about 20,000 in materials and a lot of one, two, three in the morning type days, right? And sleeping five hours, four hours a night to make it all happen. And so that was kind of like my entry is that first duplex. And I was like, man, I'm getting all this passive money. My net worth just increased. This is insane. I want to do more of this. I need more of this because window cleaning is just not cutting it. I need something more. So that's the push to get me over to real estate. Okay. Excellent. And so I'm just curious, do you still have your window cleaning business or did you sell that off or shut it down? No, I, it still exists. I sold it. It was kind of funny. My little brother works for the company now. Okay. He actually came out of the office yesterday and we did a little window cleaning competition. I actually just put it on my TikTok channel. We were racing to see who was faster. Yeah, so. to smoke them? Barely, dude. He's getting fast. He's getting, I got, I was sweating for sure. Awesome. I did beat him, but I think I'll always beat him because I'm an older brother and I'll kick him in the shins before I let him beat me. Right. right. Cause that's what right. older brothers are supposed to do. Absolutely. But, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Oh, that's yep. funny. The um, only thing I do have though, I actually bought the window cleaning channel, YouTube channel back okay. from the old company, but everything else I sold off. Oh, that's awesome. All right, yeah. cool. Well, so let's talk about your focus today. Yeah. Well, like I said, I want to help people, right? I want to help people find the success that I found. So I discovered something throughout the journey, right? Like from that first duplex to being able to quit window cleaning and make six figures a month, like it was not easy. There were so many mistakes that I made. There were so many aha moments, but they weren't quite enough. And ultimately the big thing that changed it all for me was driving for dollars. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that was at the time. It's kind of popular now. Lots of people talk about it, but I came up with a system I call driving for dollars mastery. It's what I teach my students. It's what I currently use to find my deeply discounted deals. And I say all the time, and you obviously say it too, that real estate investing is, you know, our business isn't real estate. Our business 
is marketing. It's finding deeply discounted opportunities. Right. And our product is real estate. Right. We're getting yeah. stuff at 50 cents on the dollar and our exit strategy may change. We may wholesale them, meaning pass the opportunity. We may flip them. We may keep them. It depends on what our personal goals are, but right. it's really hard to lose out when you get properties at 50 cents on the dollar. Yes. So I discovered a way to do that. And that was driving for dollars. And if the audience wants to like see it, tangible evidence of what it can do for your guys's life and life-changing success you can have. I actually did a, a 40 day challenge Ed. I think you oh, may tell have, me all about it. I wanted to show people what it took, right? Like what it looked like from being pretty darn broke to having very little to know very little about where you live, little about the market and real estate and be able to make a large sum of money quickly and get started in the real estate game. So I actually flew across the country somewhere I'd never been. And I, I had a, yeah. So this was hard. Right. And I had to not only start from complete scratch without my team, no employees, none of that stuff, but I only got a thousand dollars to put towards the business. So yes, I had housing and I had food and I had a car, right. I wasn't going to go completely like homeless for right. this, but I only got a thousand dollars to invest into my new business. And I had to make the average American income, which is a little over $40,000 in just 40 days was the challenge. And I wanted to document day by day and share it for free. And I went and did that. And it was hard. There was long days and it was scary. And I thought I might fail. And I told everyone that I was going to go do it. So I had to show it regardless. Right. And it was scary. It felt like real life. It felt like I was starting from scratch again. It's an absolutely fascinating journey, right? Because Robert Allen, multiple streams of income author, right? He did the exact same thing. He would put a challenge. This was back, gosh, this is in the 90s, I think, mid, mid to late 90s. And he said, put me anywhere in the US. I'll fly in. I'll spend the time. I don't remember if it was a, a certain amount of time, but he would basically create, he could buy a deal, I think is, is, it was his challenge. He could buy one deal anywhere in the country in less than a week and make the money that he was challenging himself to make. So the fact that you did this over 40 days, first off, what were you thinking? And secondly, cause that, you know, I mean, there's gotta be easier ways to make that kind of money and get your name out there, but man, that had to be one heck of a ride. Yeah. The reason I did it, it wasn't even to like get my name out there. It wasn't to make the money. I didn't care about the money as in to make there. Right. I, I blew the glow out of money out of the water and I made a lot of money, but I'd have made a lot more money just focusing on my core business at my home base with my team and my employees. I, it cost me money to go do this challenge. Yeah. Right. In comparison to what I could have made, even though I made like six figures, I would have made more money just staying home. Exactly. Yep. But why did I do it? And then also like, why do you coach? Like, why would you go out and do that if you're making so much money in real estate? I get that question all the time. And it's such a fair question. It is. And yeah. well, it's everybody's trying to figure out well, you know, what's in it for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I do charge. Yeah, I do make money as a coach, but I make way less. Like, for example, the year that I started coaching full time, I made 1.2 million profit in my real estate business. The next year I only made 700,000 and I lost six grand in my coaching business. Congratulations, though. It cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. right. It's cost me millions to be a coach, right? Why? So, so why? Yeah, let's get to that. I had an experience when I was starting out. I was still washing windows. I had bought a duplex. I had actually bought another single family home that I was fixing up and living in. And I had rented out that other one, right? I was house hacking, yeah. moving yeah. from house to house. And yeah. I had learned about wholesaling. You find properties at these massive discounts. I thought, oh, no, there's no way that that's happening. Either coaches are selling me stuff that's not really happening, selling me a pipe dream, or they're teaching you how to take advantage of other people and steal their equity. And that's not wholesome. That's not ethical. I don't want anything to do with this. 
So I was a major skeptic. I didn't believe that this was a wholesome business and I wanted nothing to do with it. But I met a guy named Stan. I was washing his windows, very wealthy man, mansion, beautiful, beautiful home, beautiful family, son's a doctor. You know, the guy's just done well, right? Raised beautiful kids, had beautiful grandkids. I was like, I want to be, I want to be Stan when I grow. I asked him, what do you do, Stan? What do you do for work? And he's like, I'm a real estate developer. And I was like, no way. I want to get into real estate. So I started asking him all these questions and of like an hour and a half, basically interrogation by me. I said, man, if I could just get two rentals this year, it'd be amazing. So, oh, that's convenient. I got these two properties. I don't want to deal with them. And he basically just hands them over to me, seller finance, couple thousand dollars down with well over a hundred thousand dollars in equity. I turned around, sold wow. both those houses the next year for over a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Right. And so I had this experience happen and he was educating me. Like he started, you know, he's like, yeah, so I'll be the bank and this is how it works. And he pulls out a piece of white paper and he starts writing down the agreement. You're going to take this title company. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need like a state approved form. Like we can't like, he's like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, let me explain the process. Yeah. So he educated me. He gave me an incredible deal. And I was like, man, this is real. I believe that God gave me a gift in that moment because if I am skeptical, I don't have belief. I'm not going to give massive action to make it happen. If I don't give massive action, I don't have results and I'm going to spiral downwards and I'm going to be a window cleaner forever. There's nothing wrong with being a window cleaner. You can make a lot of money, but I wasn't happy with it. I wanted something different and I would have been stuck with something I wasn't happy with. And so I believed I had faith. And so I went out and took massive action and I got massive results and I've been spiraling upwards ever since that gift, the stand God, whatever you want to say, gave me. And So what happened is I became a coach accidentally. And the only reason I did that is I read a self-help journal that said, if you want to receive something, you have to give it away. So I became a coach for selfish reasons. I wanted to generate a million dollars, but the book said I had to give away what I want to receive. Meaning if I wanted love, I give love. If I want money, I give money. So I had to give away a million dollars and I had no idea how to give away a million dollars because I didn't have it. Right. So I talked to my wife and she's like, just teach your driving for dollar stuff. Just teach what you're doing to find these deeply discounted deals, put a million dollars in their pockets. Boom. You did it. I'm like, you're genius. You know, my wife's brilliant. I love her. Very well. I did. She's, and she's beautiful. <laughs> she's Brazilian. She's just amazing. Anyways, I did that. And I went to my original mentor, Tom. And I was like, Tom, like, I want to put a million dollars in 10 people's pockets. Can you help me get these students that are going to do the work? And he said, yes, here's how it's going to work. You're going to charge them this amount. And then you're going to give all that money to me. And I'm going to teach you how to coach them. Right. And I was like, all right, let's That's do a it. Deal. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Right. And so I basically coached these first 10 students. They paid so they would be invested. I gave all the money to my coach to make sure that I was doing well at coaching them right. to help there them get go. results. Absolutely. They blew it out of the water. My very first student, Michael McLeish, in a year and a half, texted me. knew He knew what my goal was. All 10 of them knew. It's like, hey, a million bucks between the 10 of you. You guys got to do this for me, right? And he texted me. I've now done over a million dollars from driving for dollars mastery I system. By just him. Just yeah, the just first him. one in a year right. and a half, right? Wow. So, like, my mind was blown. Other students got Dallinger. His first deal finding a deal and passing it on, no debt, no risk, $113,000, quit his corporate job. So that year I did 1.2 million. There you go. And it was incredible, right? That was the first year I did over a million and my students blew it out of the water. And more importantly than the money I made, but the fulfillment I got from it and I wanted to become a coach. So that next year, remember, I took a big dip in my payments and in my income and my profits because I became a coach. I became obsessed with it. I was like, I got to do this. I want to do more of this. I'm addicted to this feeling of seeing other people succeed because of my dedication. Because I had the money. I had all the money I needed. I didn't need more money, right? But I wanted to help people. so much you can spend, right? 
Yeah. And so I did the 40 day challenge because I started noticing when I was coaching, a lot of people had that negative belief that they had that concern. Is it, is it wholesome? Is it legal? Is it doable? Am I smart enough? Am I capable? And I did the 40 day challenge to give that belief, that gift, that stand that God gave to me. I wanted people to see me doing it live and go, man, if that goober can do it, I can do it. Right. That's why I did it. That was the only reason it was 100% for people to see what it takes because yes, I also wanted to see that it's a lot of hard work. It's not easy, but I know there's so many people out there with a work ethic and a desire to change their lives. All they need is a few different action steps to their hard work and they can have life-changing success. So that's why I did it. Your points are so well taken on this end. I mean, the I too am a Tony Robbins devotee, right? And you know, one of the things he talks about is moving from growth to contribution, right? And so once you've grown and reached whatever perceived potential, you know, you've accomplished, the next step is to then contribute and help other people rise up other people to help them get where they want to go, right? A mentor of mine and a friend of mine, Maureen Miles, had said she also wanted to get into to training and I'm hopefully going to talk to her in a few weeks here on the podcast. But one of the things that she said was, and it really stuck with me was, you know, when I help people, it warms my soul. That's exactly it. That's exactly the feeling. And so like you, I've had four or five people that, you know, depending on the person, they either took pity on me or saw something in me and threw an arm around me and said, here are the 19 things you're doing to mess up your business. And here's how you fix them right? Or here's how I got here. And one of the reasons that I'm so excited about, you know, CT Rhea and what we're doing over there as far as our coaching programs and why I'm so excited about meeting somebody like you is I think we're all reading basically the same book, right? When it comes to real estate investing, different versions, but you know, we're, we're all reading basically the same book. And I may be a few chapters ahead of you and you're a few chapters ahead of someone else. And our jobs as coaching and coaches and mentors is to help them skip those chapters, right? And catch up quickly. So you don't have to spend 10 years washing windows or 10 years for me, you know, 25 years for me working for a job I didn't really care about all that much, right? And help them jump to where you are today or where I am or where somebody else is. And again, to use Maureen's term, to help somebody, I mean, I can't imagine, actually I can, but the feeling that you must have had when that guy came to you and said, I just made, you know, over a million dollars by himself. Yeah. He texted to me. It's I've got it saved on my phone. I, I, like, yeah. I'd pin it right to the, the top of my phone, right? That would be the first thing I'd look at every morning. And it, the last thing I'd look at every night, cause that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is okay. Who's next. Right. Yep. hundred percent. Right. It's the greatest awesome. thing ever. It's awesome. Are you interested in real estate investing right here in Connecticut? Ever wonder where all those real estate investing pros hang out to network? Did you know the Connecticut real estate investors association will introduce you to those investors and will help you learn how to find deals, fund those deals, and even teach you how to do it without leaving your current job? Go to ctrea.com, that's C-T-R-E-I-A.com, and click on the events button to register for an upcoming event. Hope to see you soon. Buying investment real estate is both thrilling and sometimes stressful. Without a lending expert by your side, most investors don't stand a chance. That's where CTRIA Funding comes in. CTRIA Funding was founded by investors to help investors just like you fund their deals. Whether you're buying a single-family rehab, an apartment building, or really any investment property, our team will understand your deal and help you close quickly. Go to CTREIAFunding.com 
or call us at 860-876-0572. Obviously, you've had some really amazing mentors and coaches in your life. Who gave you the best advice and what was it? Ooh, man, I've had so many and I still do. Now I'm to the point where I have employees and I actually have mentors for my employees, right? A higher coach is like, Hey, here's your responsibility. Here's the goal of your position for the company. I'm going to hire a specialist to advise you to get you there. Probably the most influential coach for me was Tom Kroll. Um, okay. He was the most info. I actually talked to him. I hung up as I got on this call. Yeah. Right. And he was the one that I was like, Hey, I want to teach people how to wholesale. And he's like, okay, give me the money and I'll teach you how to coach. Absolutely, and so, yeah. so, and then he also taught me how to wholesale. So he definitely helped me a ton. But one thing that I've learned is there's bad coaches and sure. there's good coaches. And I want to talk about like the filter that I use. Cause I'm constantly hiring coaches. And the other thing is you want to make sure you have a goal that you know exactly what you're trying to accomplish and you know where your problems are and where your struggles are to become successful at that one particular goal. So whenever I hire a coach, I want to make sure that what they do and what they specialize in is going to 100% attack and solve the main problem that I'm dealing with at that time. So if you're just trying to get your first wholesale deal, we need to find a coach. That's what they do. Or if you're producing leads and you know how to do stuff, but your sales processes, you need a sales coach, right? So you're going to need different coaches at different positions and different moments in your life. So the filter I go through is, is that person consistently achieving exactly what you're trying to do yep. currently, right? Not in the past, right. not before. The next thing is, are they consistently helping other people get the results you're looking for? Because it's one thing to do it. It's another thing to have a heart of a teacher, Absolutely. right? They have to be there for you, not just selling a product because they have proof that they can do it, right? right? And then the third is, do you like and trust that person? Could you imagine yourself having coffee and hanging out with that person? Because birds of a feather flock together, right? And the last thing you want to have happen is have that coach ask you to do something that's outside your moral compass for you to find success, right? right? So that's why that third one's there. But if you have those filters, that's the advice that I would give for finding a mentor. So, wow, that's great advice. And I think the third one is really important. The fact is, is that there are a lot of different ways, you know, even the folks here at CTV, we had our monthly meeting this past week and you meet different operators, whether they're wholesalers or rehabbers, or flippers or multifamily, they all operate from a different value system. So you've got to make sure that the partners you take on, the coaches you hire, the employees you hire, and everyone that you surround yourself with is not only from a skills perspective, playing at the same level that you are, but also from a value system perspective, there's got to be a cohesion there so that you don't get halfway through a deal and go, what, what did he just commit to? Or what did he just say? Right. Yep. Um, you 100%. know, that's so critical. I mean, you're basically dating, right? And when you go to hire somebody or you're getting married and you got to make sure that partner is a long-term partner, right? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. So I'm sure you meet a lot of different people in your travels, whether that's, you know, in your wholesaling business or your coaching business, what separates the folks that succeed from the ones that struggle in your opinion? They believe they can be successful. That it starts there. Wow. It starts really? there. Okay. Yeah. Because the person Please. that believes that they will be successful, will they run into a wall here and there? Without a doubt. hundred percent. Yeah. But the people that believe they find a way around the obstacle, the people that don't believe they hit their first wall and they quit. Yep. Yep. That is the biggest indicator is why I did the 40 day challenge. 
I wanted to give that confidence, right? I wanted them to find it within themselves because there's so many people that have 10 times more potential than they're living up to. They right. know it deep down. That's why they're unhappy because they know they're worth more. They know that they should have more. They know that their lives can be better and they're not living up to that expectation for themselves that is a reality of their potential. Yeah. And so I really believe that that is the number one thing. I just interviewed Nico for my podcast, just got his first deal. He got three deals in a week. Wow. He went a year with nothing. And then he did three deals in a week. You know what the biggest difference was? No, I'm curious. He met a guy that I coached in his market and they got together and they had lunch and he got that belief and confidence like, right. man, if Phil can do it, I can do it. Right. Right. And he went to town with that confidence. I had a confidence and he, and he praised Phil for being there and giving him that confidence and being there for him. But because he had that confidence, he pushed really hard and was working multiple leads and he put three of them under contract in the same week. Guess how much money he made? Oh, I, I, I'm not even going to guess. $96,000. That's amazing. Life changing, dude. Yeah, right. So I totally believe that like if the audience, anyone in the audience is listening to this, they're like, man, I've been having thoughts that I'm not capable. Man, I wonder if I'm capable. If you're having any doubts or beliefs that you guys can be successful, go watch the 40-day challenge and see that, yes, Zach's successful, but Zach makes mistakes. Sure. I did. I made some silly mistakes and I show them on the 40 day challenge and Zach gets discouraged and Zach feels like crying and Zach's a big baby and he whined and he still was successful. So go watch it. It's amazing. Charles Dobbins, who's the coach in the multifamily world. He's one of my mentors. And there's a sign that hangs behind him when he's on his podcast. It says 97% of the people work for the 3% who persevered. Right. Yep. And, you know, I think what you're saying really makes sense in that in order to be able to push through those challenges, life, life challenges, business challenges, whatever, is you've got to believe. You've got to believe that you deserve it and that yep. you're capable, right? Yep. Because when I met Stan, I had tried two years before and I had given up. And so then what? I saw that happen. I was like, I will never give up again. Like, this is that. insane. It exists. I love that. Absolutely. That's, one, that's amazing. In my experience, when I meet folks like you and other leaders in the space, inside and outside the space, I've come to the conclusion and I... I am certainly one of these people myself, that leaders are readers. And these days, it's not necessarily a book, right? You can, there's audio books, there's Blinkist, which I'm a huge fan of, there's podcasts, YouTube, any number of ways to consume information and turn it into a business, right? So I'm curious, you know, how do you consume information? What kind of ways do you kind of sharpen your own saw to get smarter every day? Yeah. I definitely read. I like to read. I actually like to get the book. I do listen to podcasts as well, right? And I have, or not podcasts, but I do listen to books, have a couple downloaded. I spend a lot of time in the mountains hiking and stuff, and I do enjoy okay. a good book, but I like to read. Why do I like to read? Because when I read something and, and most of the stuff I read, it's all in relation to what my struggles are. For example, last weekend, I was dealing with some cash flow issues in my business. So I read Profits First again, right? Okay. And whenever I read a book, I highlight the thing that stuck out to me, that gold nugget, that thing that I need to do, that I need to implement, that I need to take action on. I highlight it and I make a note of the front of the book. I make my own little glossary. It's harder to do that because a lot of times when you're listening, you get gold nugget, gold nugget, gold nugget, gold nugget. Right. But unless that it's written down, you have the action step to implement in your business or in your personal life, sometimes you forget about it, yep. right? And that doesn't do you any good. It's implementation is what's going to change your life. So one of the things I actually got that 
from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So Stephen Covey says, if you want to retain or grow from what you're going to learn in this book, read it as if you're going to teach it. And I've gone even further and I do teach it. I teach it through platforms like this, but I also, my own employees, I buy a monthly book for all them. And we go through it at the end of our team meetings. We actually talk about what we had learned, whether it was through a course or through a book that week, a gold nugget that we can share with other people. And so I have all those gold nuggets I wrote down and share with my team members. And that's my gold nugget from this conversation is I'm going to do the exact same thing with my team. That's brilliant. It's amazing, dude. Like, I have employees all the time that come to me and say, Zach, I am so much better because of this company. I'm so much better. I'm so much more fulfilled. I'm growing as a person, right? I'm more wealthy and I've been because of the things I've learned here, not just the paychecks. It's been really cool to build a culture. You had mentioned the core values. So I have five core values that I filter every employee. And this is my filter if I'm going to fire an employee, right? One of those is self-improvement. We educate ourselves to overcome the struggles and obstacles to accomplish our goals, right? So I expect every team member to be constantly invested into self-improvement and education. Education is something that happens forever. It's not, it doesn't end when we have that paper, right? right? And so definitely educating yourself, coaches, podcasts, books, right? You should always be challenging yourself to grow and learn in whatever your obstacles are. Because the funny thing is, I read this in a book recently. It talked about levels of knowledge. There's the things that we know that we know. We're doing them. We're living them. I know that driving for dollars is the fastest way to get started real estate wholesaling. Right. Right. And then there's the things that we think we know. Those are dangerous. Right. And, then, and then there's the things that we know we don't know. Right. For example, I don't know how electricity works. I know it's there though. Yeah. Right. And then there's the things that we don't even know that we don't know. And the more that we learn, the more that we know, the more things that we think we know, and the more things that we think we know that we discover more things that we didn't know, but now we don't quite comprehend them. And it also opens the door to new things we never knew existed. So the more knowledge you get, the more you have to learn. It is a never ending process for sure. That's very wise. It is a journey, right? I mean, it's, I'm, you know, a few years older than you and, and I tell my kids and I learn from people like you that my school days ended, you know. 30 some odd years ago, my learning never ends. I'm going to be learning and finding new things and being curious about either my business or success or what makes my brain tick or how to be a father to two girls or how to be a better husband or, and I haven't figured those things out yet. So if you've got any, <laughs> anybody out there who has some insight, I'm very open to that, but nevertheless, it's never ending. Right. Love it. Yeah. So I'm curious when not talking about real estate and setting the world on fire, what else do you like to do with your family and and by yourself? So I'm a big time outdoorsman. I do a lot of that. Okay. So usually from like August to, I don't know, December, I work like three days a week is all. Yeah. Because, because I want to be outside. Because you can. Yeah. Cause I can. Yeah. And you know, go to Alaska and I went hunting in Hawaii and spearfishing in Hawaii this spring and be in Montana and Idaho and Wyoming. I love living out West cause you have these, you know, national forests and public land to just go explore and get lost. I got a video that I actually texted Tom Kroll cause Tom Kroll tells me I'm crazy all the time and, and he needs his pedicures. Um, but <laughs> I sent him, I sent him a picture of me cooking brats on a hot rock over the fire, you know, and he's like, Zach, you're a savage. Oh, <laughs> so awesome. I love that. You know, I love sleeping yeah. in a tan. I love the wild experience. We eat a lot of venison in my house. I butcher all my own meat. 
I have some redneck roots that are dear to me. I spent a lot of time with my family doing that. You know, my mom, my mom was actually pregnant with me when she shot her first deer with a bow and arrow. Really? Yeah. And she's 62 and she's still climbing trees. And she shot a bear with her bow and arrow out of a tree last year, 61 years old. That's kind of the crazy personal side of some of the things that I do. So, and the funny thing is my wife's from Sao Paulo, Brazil, which is so foreign. I don't think she knew what she was getting into when she married me. So (laughs) it's funny. Every year when we celebrate our anniversary, I hand my wife, you know, the card or the gift that I'm giving her. And I, I look her in the eyes and say, what were you thinking? Happy anniversary. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Zach, if somebody wants to learn more about your coaching program or your business, or just wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach out? If you guys want to go watch the 40 day challenge, go to, I have a quick link. You guys can get full access to it. We'll email you every episode, go to dfdchallenge.com to get full access to that. You guys can also learn about my coaching. Look me up, send me a DM. I'm happy to help you guys out. I mean, you know, ultimately I'm not trying to get you to sign up for my coaching program more than anything. I want you to believe in yourselves, right? And find a coach. Yes. It doesn't necessarily have to be me, but know that you guys are capable. My main message is know that you guys are capable. Know that you have so much potential and it's okay to want more. It's a wholesome thing. You want to give a better life to your families and to go for it, right? And it's possible. And y'all can have the same thing that I've been able to be blessed with. And so go watch the 40 day challenge, find a mentor. If I get that honor, I would love it. You know, shoot me a DM. Let me know you'd like to talk to me about it. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. So. Well, Zach Booth, it's a pleasure to finally meet you. Like I said, I've been stalking you for a while now on social media. That is, it truly is a pleasure to meet you. And you're every bit the great guy that I thought you would be. So thank you so much for your time today and your wisdom and your insights. We look forward to talking again in the future. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody. This has been the Real Estate Underground Podcast, a CTRIA presentation. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. If there's a specific topic you want us to cover, post it in the comments. For more information on the Real Estate Underground Podcast or CTRIA, go to realestateundergroundpodcast.com or ctria.com. Until next time, happy investing.